Battalion Commander Major Paul Hackett, killed evacuation Saigon 1972, remains never recovered. Second platoon leader, Sergeant Larry McRose, missing in action, Vietnam 1973. Demolition, Sergeant Buck Atwater, killed Laos 1980. Sergeant Luther Fry, killed training maneuvers, Louisiana 1977. Communications, Sergeant Charles Biddle, missing in action, Honduras 1981. Heavy weapons, Sergeant Declan Patrick Coker, killed Argentina 1979. Six soldiers, officially heroes, officially dead. A private army on the wrong side of the law against one man who's out to stop them. Nick Nolte. Extreme Prejudice. Everybody, it's the Cannon Cruisers. I'm JD. And I'm Randy, and today is another exciting edition of non The Non-Canonical Adventures of JD and Randy. This is a non-canon episode, which we do after every couple of canon movies. Every three, JD, every few episodes Sometimes. of canons. Um, and this week's episode, we take a look at the 1987 American neo-western action thriller film directed by Walter Hill, Extreme Prejudice. Starring Nick Nolte, Powers Booth, Michael Ironside, Maria Cochita Alonso, Rip Torn, William Forsythe, and Clancy Brown. Yes, it's quite a stacked movie, this one. And depending on the trailer you see... I don't know if it's as widely available anymore, but there's one trailer that depicts this movie as um, soldiers versus America, uh, as versus Texas Rangers, and that's not the case. That's not what the movie's about, no. Yes. <laughs> it's a Walter Hill movie, so it's a Western. It's simple as that. Yes, that's what he was more or less known for doing, whether they took place in the West or not. And this is in the West, but it's in, a, well, then, present time of the 1980s. And when Mexican drug cartels ruled the earth, and still do. Specifically, it's about two guys, one played by Nick, Nick Nolte, and the other played by Powers, Powers Booth, Booth, Yes, who were childhood friends who ended up going separate ways. One became a lawman and one became a criminal. But in the beginning, he became a criminal to become a snitch for the lawman. Mm -hmm. And then eventually betrayed, he went undercover, and yeah. then he eventually betrayed them. And become the leader of... The leader of the cartel, basically. And he went off to Mexico and caused a whole bunch of problems, which our hero has to solve. And along the way, there's quite a lot going on. So, which should we start with first? Um, oh, you also forgot to leave out the entire other part of the movie, JD, which, which is? involves a the zombie corps, or whatever you want to call them, which is a group of soldiers who were killed in action who go on clandestine missions for the government, who mm. are trying to get information on Power Booth's character, Clash, sorry, Cash, Bailey. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the side plot. That's the other plot going through this movie. Because that's, the whole movie is about how things spin out of control when they go off the beaten track. And it's meant to be an homage to the classic Western film that I've never seen, Sam Peckinpah's The mm -hmm. Wild yeah. Bunch. It's definitely of that ilk, especially if you remember the the shootout scene from the end of that movie. 
because this one go this one is pretty violent. I'd say it's probably Walter Hill's most gory movie because he's done violent movies, but I don't think he's really ever done anything this gory before or since. Dumb question because I don't want to research it, and it's a kind of an aside here. Mm -hmm. Has Walter Hill ever had his happy feet moment like George Miller did? What do you mean by that? He did a kids movie like a like a like nope. a, a babe or a nope. like no. Nope. He's oh. never done anything like that. He's always ever he still does he does like lower budget stuff now, but he does always done westerns. Okay, he's never really done anything other than that. He's like he's stuck to it, even if it takes place in modern day, even if it takes place in a weird fantasy type world it's always a western no matter what so even in space it would be a western even in space it would be a western this is probably one of his more infamous ones even though if it took a long time to get re-released because it's Lionsgate and Lionsgate TriStar Pictures yeah it's owned by Lionsgate though Lionsgate took forever in fact we watched this on Blu-ray and the whole reason we watched this on Blu-ray is because it hasn't been re-released since its original format since theaters because I was going to say, would you say Lionsgate has been gatekeeping uh, Extreme Prejudice? They've been doing it for a lot of movies. But in this case, this was one of the Walter Hill movies a lot of people really wanted to see. Again, because it's never been properly re-released. Uh, I believe the DVD version, first of all, is pan and scan for some reason. And second of all, the sound is borked on it, if I remember correctly. And it was not, mm -hmm. I repeat, was not a box office Success. It was did not do box office boffo, mm -mm. or boffo at the box office, as that man at the urinal once said to, to no. the other man at the urinal about Twilight. No, um, it didn't. The movie had a budget of roughly twenty-two million and only made about eleven million at the box office. Yeah, it was also probably mentioned. It was also written by uh, John Milius, who did stuff like Red Dawn and the Conan the Barbarian movie. So there's a lot behind this movie, basically, and. Uh, my my biggest impression of the movie is because we've talked about this before. It reminds me of those types of movies that you thought should have been made back in the day but never were. But this is one of those movies that has all those elements but actually was made. And a lot of people who haven't seen it are always me me mesmerized by the fact that this movie exists because it's like this feels like something I should have seen by now. It has a very stacked cast. Like you, you would... Yeah. You, it's the fact that it has Powers Booth and Clancy Brown, both Lex Lucers mm. and Gorilla Grodd. Actually, I do believe he. They, I believe <laughs> uh, Clancy Brown has played Gorilla Grodd at some point as he well. He probably has. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Everybody from the time too, like I said, like Nick Nolte, we just covered in another movie. He's entirely different here, and also on top of that is uh, uh, what's his name, Michael Ironside as well. Everybody in the movie does a really good job, though. It's. Um, it's a, it is a Western in that it builds up and that there's confrontations that are often very violent and quick. And it all ends up in a big duel at the end. Yes. So mm -hmm. were you aware what um, Milius's original version of the film was going to be? The original version? Yeah, before it was before they actually did it in the 80s, when he was trying to get it off the ground in the 70s, do you know what the original version of the film was? You might as well explain it. A group of drug dealers take over a town in Texas. Mm -hmm. then finally one person a Vietnam veteran mm -hmm. stands up to them and wipes them out that sounds pretty similar to what we got mm, in a way and then the twist mm -hmm. then we cut to a meeting at the Pentagon where we find out it was all a top secret experiment to find out how far Americans can be pushed before they fight back so basically like first blood pretty much yeah yeah 
So I could I could see elements of that in this, but this one kind of it, I guess the words emphasizes that kind of. I'm gonna I'm gonna. It, it basically, from what I understand, is that when Walter Hill took over and started doing it, um, mm -hmm. Milius was on the set every day, mm -hmm. and he was rewriting it on the go. And uh, Nick Nolte kind of co-wrote it on and off, like mostly his dialogue and all the dialogue for all the uh, mm -hmm. Texas Rangers, because he had, I'm not going to say method acted, but he trained under an actual yeah. um, Texas Ranger and he who on who he based his character and. He collaborated with him to make everything sound more authentic and more real. Mm -hmm. So that made its way into the final script. So that was a little bit more yeah. down to earth and realistic to how they would act. Oh yeah, it definitely carries over in his performance of uh, the main character. If I just thinking about, it, I think everybody is a fairly well done in this movie. Every single character stands out, and they're very well acted. Too. And and we left out the most important thing, JD. Mm -hmm. The movie begins on a serious riff of the A Team intro. It kind of does, actually. I don't Where it introduces every single person of the zombie unit before mm -hmm. cutting to them and show, including one guy with a giant cigar in his mouth that he never takes out. <laughs> oh yeah, there's definitely a lot of that sort of thing in the movie. There's some, there's some humorous moments, but like it's in more of Walter Hill's usual style, where it's just kind of like um, offhand, and it's usually in a. A more lax scene. They never do that in an action scene or anything like that. It's pretty... It's, whenever there's, there's no one-liners. Whenever there's somebody who dies, it's pretty serious. It's not taken lightly. It's, there's no one-liners in the kills. Oh, no, not like that. That's not That's not this type of movie. This This is more... Like it's like after killing the spoiler, like after killing uh, Powers Booth at the end, McNulty doesn't say, don't mess with Texas. No, this feels more like... Well, it feels like Walter Hill is trying to make a Sam Peckinpah movie. I think... I thought he did a pretty bang-up job nailing that feel. It's pretty gritty. It's pretty rough. But at the end of the day, um, the people left standing are the people left standing, and the people who fall are usually from their own decisions. They're all hoisted on their own petard. And pretty close. That's pretty much the final scene of the movie, too, is when he walks away with his woman into the sunset, and he's and his... And his Rivals' corpses left behind and being scavenged for the next person in line to take his place, because that's the path he chose and that's where he ended up. As it overall, like I said, it's a I don't know, it's a blast. I think <laughs> I'm glad they finally got around to re-releasing this one. I thought Walter Hill was on fire during the 1980s, and this one I don't think is any is any uh, is any difference than his other ones that we've watched, like uh, The Warriors or The Driver. Or um, Streets of Fire, and I guess Forty Eight Hours. Although that's a you're not supposed to spoil the fact that we've watched Forty Eight Hours <laughs> and not talked about it yet. Yeah, well, we haven't really gotten that one. Yet. We got most most of the big ones. This one is one of the ones I wanted to do because and I have a copy of Red Heat sitting up there. That's Red Heat. It's another one which Schwarzenegger in that one. Schwarzenegger not pl really playing a Schwarzenegger type because it's a very early on. Yeah. Overall, though, did we watch the Getaway? I can never remember. Uh, seventy-two. No, I don't think we watched the Getaway. No, because that's with Steve McQueen. Okay, yeah, no, we didn't watch that one. Okay, I didn't watch anything with Steve McQueen because most of his stuff is before the time we usually covering, except like his last movie. But yeah, overall, it's a good time. Well, so what were your general impressions watching uh, Extreme Prejudice? I watched a Sam Peckinpah movie. <laughs> That's what I said. 
it feels the most like he's ever done of a Sam Peckinpah movie. Everything he's done is usually more traditional Western, but in this one, it doesn't feel like his usual traditional. It feels style. very much like a an homage to a Sam Peckinpah movie. I have I, I don't I don't remember a lot of the shots like mm-hmm. from Peckinpah films or whatever. I should, but I don't I haven't seen a lot of them. Or if I have, it's been a long time ago. But mm-hmm. watching this entire movie, it's like not just reading that from other sources. I'm like, huh, this really reminds me of a Peckinpah film. Yeah, and that's the most I can really say on that. Just kind of like, yeah, this really evokes other westerns hmm. that came before it. It feels slightly different in that aspect than his usual uh, output. As I said, he he's done westerns, but they're usually more traditional westerns. Even stuff like The Warriors is pretty much a western, but despite its setting, it's still pretty traditional in what it's trying to do. This one, not so much. Although, he doesn't quite go to the lengths and Peckinpah does usually to... Um, define like try to uh, muddy the heroes and the villains and their motivations in this one it's still pretty clear because the whole point of the movie is about decisions and where they lead where they 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 lend you end up regardless of what they are so i guess in that aspect it's a bit different than a sem pack and paw movie which is usually just uh you you lift the gun you're probably gonna die and it's probably gonna be in a violent way yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. So, that said, and, and I know I don't. Come, I'm not coming off as super energetic. It's just that it's very, mm-hmm. a very draining movie. Yes, it is. It's very. There's a it 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 asks a lot. Yeah, no, it's like <laughs> it and and, and we have watched other non-canon films that ask a lot of the viewer, but I found for some reason that this just has drained sucked me dry. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. watching this movie, like okay. Mm-hmm. It's probably because, despite like it's not a very long movie, but it's always seven minutes. It's always moving, but it's always moving. But it also <laughs> has a very steady pace throughout it. It never, it never, and it's always at like it's always on like a ten out of ten in intensity the entire. Yeah, movie. it's an incredibly intense <laughs> film, and Nick Nolte very much is very blank faced and stoic throughout the whole film. Mm-hmm. And like Howard's Booth is always. Powers really, is just great. Yeah, he's really lit it up with his uh, his charisma, and the whole time you're just like glued to the screen. And by the time it ends, you're just like, okay, I can take a breath now. <laughs> and if there were any ever, if there were ever any sequels to Highlander, though, they really needed to get like Michael Ironside to have played one of the villains or something. No, yeah, but it's like it's too bad Highlander only ever had one film. Too bad they really could have done something interesting with a sequel, but we'll never know. I don't know, like have a character named Katana or something <laughs> like that, and uh, I don't really don't know. So would you say the intensity is a strength strength or a weakness of the movie, Randy? What do you think? Why not both? But no, no, it's... um. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the the intensity, that the um, the tone of the film is very much mm-hmm. a high point. Like, it's like that. Mm-hmm. It That is it's very much... I'm not going to tell people if you want to watch an intense movie, watch this movie. But mm-hmm. it really does kind of draw you in. Mm-hmm. Like, that having me always constantly on edge... Yeah. But at the same time, it's a little bit too much. And uh, sometimes you, it's like, okay, no, I have to do something else from it because this is getting <laughs> a little bit too... This is a bit uh, too much. And it's not because it's like, oh, it's action-packed or it's terrifying. It's just that every single person on the screen, mm-hmm. and they're not mugging, It's everything is so deadly serious. Mm-hmm. And everything is so important and so vital. And one of the strengths I'll say about that is that and, it doesn't manage to cross the line into being too... 
the in the the seriousness kind of like okay this is too self-serious yeah it's this not too, too self-serious it's like um it's it's clearly an homage but it's not a parody no. it's not a satire of westerns it, it doesn't feel like he's trying he's he's trying to parody or like make a sort of pastiche of Sam Peckinpah. It feels like he's actually trying to make a Sam Peckinpah. He's try, he was trying to quote-unquote make a quote-unquote modern quote-unquote film hmm. of Sam Peckinpah. Um, like what he would make if he was still alive, basically. Um, this would have been like... Because we were talking about this earlier, but it's like hmm. almost like he was trying to do what Michael Mann did with Heat. Like it was a, his passion project type of thing and it's like these are all the, I have all these characters that have lived in my head for years and I'm creating oh, yeah. this. There's actually a lot similar to Heat of this movie actually yeah. when you think about it. I wouldn't be surprised if Michael Mann was inspired by Sam Peckinpah too. But uh, yeah, that's one of the, I guess would be advantage, like a strength and a weakness of the movie is that it is very intense and it really does pull you in. But at the same time, it is kind of training. And by the end of the movie, you're just like, you know, that was a great movie, but I'm glad it's over. Yeah, <laughs> I it's like, I, uh, it like I think I have to watch it again because <laughs> I know I missed stuff, but I know I missed stuff because I needed to take a break from the film. Hmm. Um. I was probably not uh, mentally ready to watch the film. I wasn't expecting that. When you when you tell me the title, Extreme Prejudice, mm. and it's like, oh, okay, it's going to be this like super action-packed film. And it's Walter Hill. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, okay, no, 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 this isn't an action film. This, is a, this is a serious film. But there is a lot of action in it, too. And it's well done on top of it. It's just as intense as the non-action stuff, which is probably why it gets draining. At the same time, I'm not sure if letting off on the intensity would have helped the movie though because that's part of what gives it its character and what gives it 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 gets your engagement for the whole movie it, it doesn't have that whole rise and fall it doesn't have that whole like okay we're mm. we're going up okay we fall a little bit give you a breather and then we're going up and give you no it's just going no nope, this it's a steady escalation it's just escalates the whole movie yeah even when it's like at there's... a slow steady rate it escalates continuously yeah and then it stops even like when there's an action sequence and it, it like um, breaks off like the the bank robbery part, it still retains attention because some of them get caught, some of them get away, and the whole time they're still like, well, what do we do? What's happening? What, what's going to happen next? We and the, and, the, and the, yeah, and immediately after that, the bank robber's like, sir, we just got the, the, the fingerprints back. They're dead. Yeah. It's like, what? Keep... And, then it, and then it's like cut back to them and the other, it's like, okay, keeps cutting back and forth. Yeah. It's like, what's, what's going on? Why? Oh, oh. <laughs> I need a breather. And then even that last shot of them walking away, you're always waiting for mm. the violence. You're waiting for the violence to kick up again. You're like, okay, they're walking away. No, they're going to get shot in the back, right? So it's it's, shoot it's that type of ending, right? They're, they're going to say, they're going to shoot them. And then, nope, because that's the end of the movie. <laughs> that's just it. That's, man, it's just, it's really difficult to talk about this one. It's, um, it's just, in, it's just intense. And um, because of that, I think I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5. I really liked the movie. I don't really know how else to describe the movie. I don't think we can really go into more detail on like, it. Like, I'm trying to find a low point of the film. And it's like, I, like I said, it's like I didn't... It isn't that I was got bored in the film mm -hmm. or that I lost interest in the film. Mm -hmm. But because it was so continuously intense, mm -hmm. it's that... There, there's a reason why in most films they have that rising and falling. It's like you need to give your audience a break. Maybe that was in the original cut the that cut out 45 minutes of the movie no that that from what i was reading up on that they just cut out more michael ironside and another character because it would have actually been more screen time time for michael ironside than nick nolte mm. and they would have had to have changed the billing 
Yeah, that also might have made the movie a bit too much if it was that long. They cut 45 minutes from the film. Yeah, I said it might have been too much. This, by the by the end of the movie, you're just like, all right, perfect. <laughs> that's that's good. I'm, I'm going to, with an asterisk right now, I'm going to give it a five. Hmm. But... Probably need to watch it again. I probably need to watch it again, and my feeling is is that it's probably stay there. Hmm. But I feel like I can't properly quantify it right now. It's just that I'm giving it a five purely because I can't think of a, a down point that I can't explain. Just like I said, it's like, yeah, no, I, I found myself not paying attention to the movie, hmm. but that's because I needed that break. I one, needed to step away from it for a moment. One thing I'll say about it, um, and this is to its favor, is, is that the fact that it is a movie where you could watch it and, like, us were having... Bit of an issue trying to talk about it should really, which must be wonderful for you, the listener. Should, we should really tell you that there is that this is a movie worth seeing, and that we're not stu- we're not stumbling over our words because we didn't like it or anything like that. It's just that it was a lot, and if you like westerns, especially if you like old ones or if you like Sam Peckinpah style stuff, you really should see this one. It's like I, it's like. I guess you, it's like, I, you can't even just say, it's like, oh, no, like the characters were all awful. No, the, no, the ones that wasn't. were awful were awful because that's their character, but they were also hmm. awfully awesome because of the, the characters, the, the people playing them. Yeah, there's, I guess there's a lot to digest in the movie, and it's kind of hard when you just watch something like this to sit down and kind of let it settle. <laughs> do, do you have a favorite character that's not of the main uh, crew? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, so I, I won't, I won't, I won't qualify that because I said if it's not the same crew, it would be Purvis. I mean, the, the, the bumbling uh, deputy. <laughs> uh, but, but if out of the main crew, I like I would have to say I'm a Powers Booth. Uh, Powers Booth did a great job. That, this is like a phenomenal role for him. Hmm? He, he definitely made it work for him. He kind of reminded me of like uh, one of the villains from like Tombstone, for instance. He looked like he would fit right in there. <laughs> Sorry, but I had to do it. All right. I don't think there's really anything else we can say about this one. It's it's a difficult movie to talk about. Even like if you would talk about it by its pieces or its or its gears, I think it would sell the movie short. Because I, I think if we I think if we were to like tear it apart and really go into the nitty gritty, we'd have like a like a twelve hour YouTube yeah. video. But because there's a lot of intricate pieces that go into place in this film. Like character relationships, mm. um, like just that core uh, triad in the middle, a uh, love triangle with with uh, Nick Nolte's character Jack and uh, yeah. his, his girlfriend, whose name I just forgot because there's so much information, <laughs> and with Power yeah. Booth's character and the connection between them, and she's been jumping back and forth with them for all their lives. And that's and, one part of the movie. That's, that's only one of them. Yeah, and it's one part. And then you have all the relationships between the zombie unit, and it's like, okay, these two mm-hmm. were were in the same unit even before. These two were friends. These guys have been serving with each other for years. These ones have, have a little bit of animosity. It's like so. There's a whole entire another dynamic there. Mm-hmm. And then the big reveal that spoilers: Michael Ironside's character has become disenfranchised with their mission mm-hmm. and wants out. So he's yeah. robbing a criminal so that he can just get out. And if he wouldn't have done that. There's a good chance that the ghost, the ghost guys, the zombie, zombie squad, unit, yeah, probably would have lived, because the whole point... his whole his whole plan was it like okay I'm just gonna walk away with ten million dollars but make sure that everybody who knows I'm still alive is dead yeah and what ended up happening is they all died because of his decision including himself him. yeah because of his own decision which is like I said one of the main aspects of the movie which is another thing we could probably go into as well but then that would be even longer so 
just put it this way. This is a movie you should see, especially if you like westerns, if you like action movies. Even if it's not a pure action movie, I think if you like action movies, you'd like this. It's and like, if you like thrillers. Or you'll check out the, the final shootout on YouTube. You might be go, oh, I think I need to watch the entirety of this film. <laughs> yeah. Because what the hell? How did we get to this point here where a whole entire Mexican town is being shot up and right. shooting back? Uh, it's insane. And then ends with a Old West style uh, yeah. pistols at dawn type of situation. This is one of his, be his best ones, I would say, Walter Hills, for sure. And if you have not seen this one, and there's a good chance you have, because a lot of people have not, definitely seek it out and watch it. I it's guess you'd watch. say that JD isn't extremely prejudiced against this film. I am not. I am prejudiced for it. <laughs> All right, everybody. I think we'll wrap it up there. I'll see you next time when we continue our cruise through the Canon catalog. Goodbye. Goodbye? Yes. Battalion Commander Major Paul Hackett, killed evacuation Saigon 1972, remains never recovered. Second platoon leader, Sergeant Larry McRose, missing in action, Vietnam 1973. Demolition, Sergeant Buck Atwater, killed Laos 1980. Sergeant Luther Fry, killed training maneuvers, Louisiana 1977. Communications, Sergeant Charles Biddle, missing in action, Honduras, 1981. Heavy weapons, Sergeant Declan Patrick Coker, killed Argentina, 1979. Six soldiers, officially heroes, officially dead. A private army on the wrong side of the law against one man who's out to stop them. Nick Nolte. Extreme Prejudice.